Welcome back to another episode of the Just Believe podcast. If you haven't already, go ahead and click that subscribe button to continue journeying with us as we share stories to encourage and inspire. Today's special guest is Dana Mitchell. Enjoy. Hi everyone, my name is Dana Mitchell, aka The Preaching Dentist, aka The Grace Citizen. I am the daughter of the Most High King and I am also a dentist, an author of the book, The Grace Citizen. And I believe that my purpose in this life is to biblically empower women to be who God has called them to be. So my testimony is basically how the lukewarm christian became the grace citizen how god's grace really whipped me back into reality and what living for a kingdom that is eternal really looks like this started when i was a little girl and obedience was my thing i always tried to be on my best behavior always tried to do good i was labeled as a goody two-shoe in my family at school if someone was doing something that they knew they weren't supposed to be doing they would definitely leave me out of it so that's another part where my identity started to be affected because I thought that I was not good enough to fit in or good enough to be around people when they were doing you know their things but you know I just didn't understand as a child and on top of that I was going to church only because my parents made me go to church. I thought that if I didn't go to church then that was the only way that I was going to go to hell. Not the fact that I needed to have a relationship with Jesus Christ myself, um, that being a professional bench warmer was not enough. There was just so much to learn. However, I was caught up from just being good. And, you know, of course, I tried to be friends with people who had the same mentality that I had, that I wanted to be good. I wanted to make sure that I'm not going to get in trouble with my parents. I want to make sure I'm not getting in trouble with school. And most importantly, even though I didn't really have a relationship with God, it was, he was just on the back burner. And so I just wanted to make sure I cannot get in trouble with God because I don't want to go to hell. And it was a very legalistic way of viewing my Abba Father. So going through high school went to an all-girls high school and as I said I was trying to always be good and of course you know in high school everyone's trying to mix and match and try out life a bit but I definitely wasn't into that and that's when the other labels came on nerd um loser and I was just plain told that I was not good enough by the other girls and slowly but surely these identities came on me I thought that if I didn't dress a certain way, then, you know, I wouldn't be accepted. I thought if I didn't speak a certain way, I wouldn't be accepted. And there was no way they were going to catch me cursing because I didn't want to get in trouble. There was no way that I was going to be sneaking out because I didn't want to get in trouble. So it was just somewhat of a twisted identity crisis between not getting in trouble and not really living for Christ. And this continued, it only got worse when I 
started college because when I got there, I really tried to fit in. If somebody asked me who Dana Mitchell was, I don't think I would have been able to have a clear answer because I was definitely living a double life. I started to live a double life. I felt like, you know, I had to be Miss Goody Two-Shoe because that's, every, that's what everyone knew me from in high school and all my life. But I, at this time, you know, I was really starting to feel left out if I didn't get to go to parties, if I didn't want to be in a relationship. And I've just always felt the tug of the Holy Spirit. But of course, at the time, I didn't really know that it was the Holy Spirit. But there was just always this stillness that was just repeating like, Dana, you do not have to be like that. You don't have to do that. But I ignored it because people pleasing and people bondage became a thing. I definitely needed to be fitting in 24-7. I no longer wanted to be the nerd or the loser that I was in high school, even though that's still the titles that I got in university because everybody still thought I was a nerd. Everyone still came to me for their homework. However, I started going out more and started hanging out with a party crew and coming in 6 a.m. in the morning, going to church that starts at 7 a.m because I don't want to go to hell. I would only read my Bible if I felt like I was really doing something bad or if I felt as if God wasn't listening to me. I also had viewed God, as I said, in a legalistic way. So it was almost as if I didn't look to him necessarily as my provider, whether financially, emotionally, mentally, or spiritually. I looked to my earthly father as my provider, which was not any better because you cannot look to man to provide for you you the way that God can and he's my dad and I love him so much but I had that void and that void continued to follow me throughout and then eventually I got into a relationship that obviously was not ordained by God and it was an abusive relationship especially emotionally and mentally and that pushed me into a further downward spiral about who my identity was in and who God actually said I was and he definitely pulled me further away from church and God like I've started to rebel against my parents and tell them I didn't want to go to church anymore but of course I still had to because I did not want to be disobedient so I stuck with it kept going to church no matter what time I got in and I was in a relationship with someone who didn't really believe in God he didn't believe in the idea of God and I started to question God because at that time I had not fully healed from um, the loss of my cousin who was murdered or the loss of my aunt who had passed to cancer and so I had I had a lot of questions for God like you know how could such a good God cause bad things to happen to people like I and not even that statement about you know God's love is great but it's he's a just God like that nobody could come to me about that or trying to explain the two kingdoms of light and darkness I didn't want to hear any of it I just got angry at God and it pushed me me bottling up my emotions just pushed me further into depression, clinical depression in about 2013. And I just did not know where else to turn. I had suicidal thoughts. I started therapy. I was still in this very toxic relationship. I was also in school, which was very stressful. It was a very high intense program. And I just felt like I was failing at life in every avenue. And I was still calling out to God. Well, I felt like I was calling out to God by just barely scraping the Psalms, barely praying. Hey, sometimes I was still saying, 
gentle Jesus, meek and mild, look upon a little child. Like in my twenties, that was all I was praying because <laughs> I just didn't even know what to pray. But it was just still this fear of going to hell was still like right in my mind, and I still tried to push to go to church, but I was just completely living outside of God's will. Going to church doesn't make you saved going to church does not make you a christian but i realize this is a real thing a lot of us are sitting down in church thinking that we are saved warming the bench not receiving the true gospel and not having any transformation sanctification no consecration before our lord like body of christ we need to wake up and I had my wake up moment because I got invited to this Bible study social in 2015. And by this time, I had newly broken up with the guy. And I remember I went to the Bible study social and I was just, I was just in a funk, y'all. As I said, like, I just felt like I just, what's the point of life? I felt like everything was being taken away from me. Everything that I thought I loved, everything that I thought I needed was taken away from me. I'd go to bed crying most nights my family wouldn't really know what was happening to me because I bottled up all my emotions never spoke about it I was just angry I was just angry inside and started hanging out with the wrong crowd who you know go to parties and so you just numb your feelings and at the end of the night you still had to go home <laughs> you know you still had to go home and you were left alone with your thoughts so I got invited to this bible study social and when I went there I saw a girl from high school and this girl that I saw from high school was one of the girls who I did not like in high school okay <laughs> I did not like her in high school because she was with that who's who's crew and as I said in high school I was a nerd so you know I would get picked on not necessarily by her but by her her little clique so when I saw her I was literally like I was super self-righteous too like <laughs> Even though I was completely living in sin, I was just like, oh, what is she doing here? And then I was just like, anyways, I hope she doesn't come over and say hi to me. So she did come over and say hi to me. And she was just like, Dana, it's so nice to see you. How are you? And I was just like, I'm good, you know, trying to keep it dry. And then she started to talk about her testimony. She started to share her testimony with me. And I was blown away, y'all. Like, I was just like, what? My thought process was, I've been going to church my whole life. I've been trying to do good. Yeah, I'm I'm doing these things on the side. I'm sinning on the side, but I'm more of a Christian than her. But when she shared her testimony, I was left saying, I need to know this Jesus that she's talking about because I don't know him. Like, who is this man that she's speaking about? Because I, I don't know. What? They don't talk about this. Je I don't know this Jesus. And so I was just really just blown away. I don't even have any other words to describe it. And then, she's just like can I pray for you and I was like of course because I was just like wow so she started to pray for me then she started to prophesy over me and I was just shook <laughs> and then she was just like you know she's like do you read your bible and I said no just in the psalms and she's just like the lord is really calling you to greater you know and she's like you need to answer the call and so I was just like okay <laughs> So she told me to start reading the Bible from Romans to the end and then start with the Gospels and then to allow the Holy Spirit to lead the rest. And honestly, guys, that was the best advice that I've gotten. Like I started reading Romans. 
and I learned that so many things that I was doing, it was just not how Christian living should have been. And then I came to James and I saw in verse 417, it says, if anyone there knows the good that they ought to do and not do it, it is a sin for them. And I was just like, wow, I know what I ought to do and I'm not doing it. So I need to get my act together. <laughs> so I was intrigued. I finished Romans to um, I stopped at Jude and I went on to the Gospels and just learned and fell in love with that man from Galilee like the greatest love ever experienced um, Jesus Christ and it just replaced every void that I had in my life the void of the love that I was seeking from my ex-boyfriend if he filled the void that I sought from some family members from some friends just on a whole like nothing else else mattered to me and so I continued to read the Bible and however I was still so even though I experienced this full love by the summer of 2016 which would have just been a few months after that Christmas when I ran into the old high school mate I started slipping again because I still had the same group of friends so you know I didn't really necessarily get into a community or change the people I was hanging with and I decided to take a trip to South America and when I went I almost died. I was literally at death's door. I was unable to eat. I had gotten food poisoning, I would assume, because the doctors at the hospital there couldn't really tell me what was going on with me. Plus, there was a language barrier. They gave me some pills that made me feel worse. And I didn't eat for almost two weeks. I was just sick. Came home. I lost about 25 to 30 pounds on that trip alone because it was really terrible. I had low body fluids, everything. And I came home and I had to take some time off work. And the day I started back work, I had ended up getting a needle stick injury with a patient who wasn't sure of their HIV status. And it pushed me into a downward spiral that day. And I went into the bathroom at work and I said, you know, God, if you save me from this, because he saved me before, you know, because as I told you, I was on this door. And I still, like, after I got better, I was just like, okay, thank you, Jesus. I just, I took God for a little yo-yo man, <laughs> you know? And I didn't even understand the greatness that I was dealing with. And the fact that I don't even deserve I don't, I don't even deserve him. I don't even deserve his love. I don't deserve his forgiveness. I don't deserve anything for this man who died on the cross. Like he sent his only son to die on the cross for me. And I acted as if like, okay, cool. Day goes on. I'm saved. Thanks for saving my life again. Like it was just so casual. And then this happened and I was like, if I contract HIV from this needle stick this is something that's going to be with me for life and at that moment everything flashed before my eyes my career if I was going to be getting married my future children my family if I was even going to afford the medication if I was going to make it out like so many questions were going through my mind went down took the test had to go on the antiretrovirals for a month just as a precaution and did the test after and I was fine so I remember the promise that I made to God because I was like God I'm not this is not no more play play thing like if I'm I'm walking with you I need to walk with you I need to serve you and so that's exactly what I did I went to a, a conference 
And I remember doing the altar call and three persons had prayed for me that night and I was just weeping and just repenting before the Lord for just being so stubborn and just living a double life, just being lukewarm. Like I I didn't want the Lord to, to spit me out of his mouth, as his word says, like this is in Revelation 3, right? It's in Revelation 3. The lukewarm church, the carnal church. And I'm just like, I don't want to be spat out of God's mouth because he says that I know your works are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. And I'm like, what? <laughs> That's that's it for me. That that was that was it for me at that moment. I said, I am I am not going to be cold. I'm going to be on fire for God. Anything that that same obedience I had when I was being lukewarm is the same obedience I will have when I am serving the Lord. And so that is that is what I did after that altar call. Um, and I got baptized in the February. And um, yeah, I've just been living for him since. And it has been a journey. Um, he didn't promise that it was going to be easy, but he promised that he would never leave us or forsake us. And um, there has been many ups and downs, but the one thing that remains the same is him and who he is and who he says he is and who he will continue to be and he is truly a restorer of all things everything um because he literally restored me emotionally mentally spiritually he healed me he healed me from depression he healed me from self-hatred he healed me from he delivered me from people bondage and people pleasing and trying to fit in he restored my identity of who he says i am and and it has just been the best thing ever. So I just wanted to encourage anyone there that just feels like, okay, well, I'm just going into church every Sunday and I just feel as if this is it. This is where it ends. It's really not where it ends. There is so much more for you to discover. He is so good and so wonderful. And he's just waiting with open arms to have a relationship with you because he loves you so, so, so much. And he sees you, he sees your needs and he just wants to know you more. You just heard a testimony of Dana Mitchell on the Just Believe podcast. No one can be a slave of two masters since either he will hate one and love the other or will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot be slaves of God and of money. Matthew 6, 24.